For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast, and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter, and you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the Week 12 matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams for a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Barry Podcast and Believe Podcast Network. And before we end up going on break, we discuss what we're going to be talking about for this week's show. Last week, we ended up taking a break from the NFL because the San Francisco 49ers ended up having their bye week. But uh, they're finally back because they're going to be playing on Sunday against the Rams. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be breaking down this matchup, looking at the lines, and talking about where there's some value to be found. So the further ado, we're going to dive right in. We're going to be starting off talking about the current lines that are available. Right now, the Rams are the favorites. They're currently at roughly six and a half. And the over-under has taken a bit of a dip from six from 46.5 to 45. So there has been some money coming on the 49ers slightly, and there has been a decent amount of under money. So keep that in mind. Before the breakdown, we're going to be starting off with the Rams as they ended up actually playing last week before going to the 49ers. Now the Rams had a very impressive road win against the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football as they ended up leading by three at the half. They ended up leading for pretty much the entire game, and they were able to get the job done. Leading the way for the offense was Jared Goff, who ended up attempting 51 passes, had 39 completions, three touchdowns, two picks for 376 passing yards with a QBR of 85.4. He was great. He was sacked zero times. He did a great job of getting the ball out of his hands very quickly. The Rams pretty much decided to abandon the run. Which, makes, which made perfect sense. They had 20 carries for 37 yards. But Tampa is one of the best run defenses in the league. So the Rams decided to just abandon it early and often. And they let Goff throw the ball around the parking lot the entire game. And that definitely worked itself out. Leading the way in the receiving core was a two-headed monster of Cup and Woods. As both receivers had 11, had at least 11 catches. Cup had 11 catches for a team-high 145 yards. And Woods had 12 catches for 130 with one receiving touchdown. Both of them were great. Really couldn't be stopped at the entire game. Other than that, though, the Rams had some other pass catchers like Van Jefferson, who had his first career touchdown with one reception, seven yards, and a touchdown. Cam Akers as well, the running back from Florida State, the rookie running back, contributed as he had one catch for four yards and a touchdown as well. But the Rams defensively definitely made life very difficult for Tom Brady as they only limited Brady to 
216 passing yards with two interceptions, QBR 55.2, and Brady also only completed 26 of his 48 attempts. So the Rams really did a great job of getting after Brady, forcing him into some issue, uh, into some pressure, and the secondary ended up taking advantage of some really poorly thrown balls by Brady, which led to two turnovers, including the game-clinching interception that happened on Tampa's final drive. But looking at everything else, Tampa couldn't run the ball. They averaged 2.3 yards per carry. They did nothing. Leading the way in the receiving core was Antonio Brown, who had eight receptions for 57 yards. Godwin had seven receptions, 53 with a touchdown. Mike Evans was pretty quiet. He had a touchdown, but he only had 49 yards. So Jalen Ramsey did a pretty good job on him. But looking at the Rams so far, they are 7-3. and three. They're currently in a tie for first place, but they have, sole possession. they have sole possession technically because of the fact that they ended up beating Seattle in the heads-up or the head-to-head -head meeting earlier this year. So the Rams are technically in first place, but they are still tied with, this, with Seattle with a 7-3 record. Meanwhile, looking at the Rams for this game, it is worth mentioning that they will be traveling back home as this game was, or the game that they played over week 11 ended up being in Tampa Bay. So they will be able to travel home, which is pretty important because the Rams have looked pretty, pretty good so far at home. One of the perks of having a brand new stadium at SoFi Stadium is, you know, trying to take advantage of a home field advantage. And the Rams are 4-0 at the new stadium. So, so far, so good for them. They're going to be looking to remain undefeated at home against the 49ers. Now, looking at San Francisco, there is a lot to unpack uh, going on with this team. 49ers, first of all, they're currently 4-6. and six. They have lost each of their last three games by at least 10 points. They've had some really, really difficult opponents. They lost to Seattle on the road by 10. That game was a blowout. That was Garoppolo's last game that he played this season. They were trailing by about 20 before Mullins had some garbage time touchdowns. But they played against Green Bay, fell behind by 20-plus there, ended up losing by 17 on a garbage time touchdown with, by McKinnon with like one second left. So they arguably should have lost that game by 20 as well. And then last game they ended up looking pretty sharp against the Saints for about a quarter or so as they ended up grabbing a lead they actually were holding a 7-0 lead in the first quarter uh, but that did not carry over into the second quarter as the uh, Saints ended up outscoring them by 14 in the second ended up coasting to a 14-point victory and for that reason the 49ers are currently uh, in possession of last place in the division and the odds of them making the playoffs are slim to none Based on how difficult the NFC is, and especially how difficult the NFC West is, they're already two games behind Arizona for third place. It's really not looking promising for San Francisco. On the bright side, though, you might get the return of several key pieces, so that is something that is worth keeping in mind, particularly in the ground game, as most starts now off the IR. Tevin Coleman should be back as well, and you will be looking at, most likely, the return of Debo Samuel, uh, which should help the receiving core. Aok's been very good, etc., but they really don't have many other guys. Trent Taylor didn't step up. James was pretty good as he had the one huge game against the Packers on Thursday Night Football. But Samuel is by far and away their best receiver on the roster, and now if he's going to be able to come back, that should provide a bit of a boost there to the passing game for San Francisco, especially with Kittle being out and the fact that Jordan Reed so far since returning has really made no impact whatsoever in the two games. But looking at San Francisco's last game, talking about their performance against the Saints, they look good early on. Eventually, though, the offense just couldn't move the ball, and the defense ended up getting gassed because of it. San Francisco ended up having 281 total yards of offense. The defense actually played well, as the defense only gave up 237 total yards. Breeze ended up getting injured in that game. He had 76 yards and a touchdown. Jameis came in, performed okay. Really not much to talk about, as uh, they ended up getting after the quarterback three times, so they were able to pressure the opposing quarterbacks, which is, def which is a very good sign, because they are going to need to 
if they plan on winning this game uh, or at least keeping this game very close. On, against the ground, they were pretty good as well. They gave up two rushing touchdowns to Kamara, but they only gave up 3.8 yards per carry. So they were pretty good in the grand scheme of things. But looking at the actual 49ers here, the one issue that you had is the fact that they really didn't generate any turnovers at all, which is very concerning, especially since they are going to most likely need to do so against the Rams, whose defense has been very good uh, when it comes to forcing turnovers. But yeah, the 49ers ended up forcing two turnovers against the Saints, but none of them were really that substantial because they turned the ball over four times. If you're going to be forcing two turnovers and you face off against a defense as good as the Rams, you can't afford to turn the ball over four times. They fumbled twice. They ended up throwing two interceptions. Really, really poor performance in terms of ball security, and I do expect uh, them to look a little bit sharper, especially off the bye. Shannon should be focusing on that throughout pretty much the entire week and a half of preparation. But they will also, will also be healthier. Uh, Jeff Wilson's also maybe a question mark, so they could potentially get him back, but I don't, I don't think he'll get much run anyway with Mostert and Coleman most likely being back in the fold. Offensively, though, Nick Mullins was okay. He was 24 of 38 he had, uh, for 247 passing yards, one touchdown, two picks, was sacked two times, QBR of 54.9. Bethard ended up coming in for about a play or so, really didn't do anything. But looking at the ground game, they didn't do anything. 25 carries for 29 yards, I mean for 49 yards, 2.0 yards per carry, give or take. Really not a good performance. McKinnon had 18 carries for 33 yards. Definitely a good sign that both uh, Mostert and Coleman should be back because McKinnon, I know that he was expected to be a huge contributor when they signed him out of Minnesota a couple years ago. He's pretty much a third-down specialist. He's not meant to carry the ball, I'd say, 15-plus times a game. That's just not what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be the pass catcher on third down. So he will be able to go back to his more comfortable role in the future. Leading the receiving core was Brandon Ayuk, who had seven receptions for 75 yards and one receiving touchdown. Jordan Reed was pretty good against the Saints. He had 62 receiving yards. He had the very nice one-handed grab. But other than that, though, most of it seemed to come in garbage time because that game was over pretty much in the second quarter. Looking at Richie James, he did nothing. Three catches for 26 yards. Kendrick Bourne had four catches for 26. Really nobody did anything, and that is pretty concerning with the exception of Ayuk and Reed. So hopefully Samuel comes back and he is able to provide a bit of a spark once again. But actually looking at the breakdown here for this matchup, I think it makes perfect sense why the Rams are favored by 6.5. I think it's a little bit surprising that some people, or at least for some people, that money has come in on the 49ers, and that money has come in on the under. Just to touch upon that, the 49ers offense with Mullins has had some serious problems, and I'm not surprised that money has come in on the under. You look at the recent performances, especially since Mullins ended up being the starter. They had 27 points against Seattle, but of course that came in garbage time where Mullins was ridiculous in the fourth quarter because they were against Prevent. But San Francisco had seven points in the first three quarters combined. They really didn't do anything. For the sake of that game against Green Bay, their offense didn't do anything either. They had 17 points to finish the game, but they had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So they had three points in the first three quarters of the Packers game. They had seven points in the first three quarters of the Seahawks game. And then against the Saints, they did nothing whatsoever uh, for much the entire game as they had 10 points in the first half and then ended up with 13. So this offense, it's mostly, it's mostly a fate of San Francisco's offense looking at the under money because the Rams' defense is so good. And the 49ers offense has been so bad lately that they just assume that the 49ers will struggle once again against the Rams pass rush, the Rams secondary, etc. Which definitely makes sense based on what you've seen from recent um, you know, performances. But the one thing you have to wonder about the 49ers is what can you expect from Shannon off the bye? Shannon, I still believe, is a phenomenal head coach, even though the team is not that good this year. That is mostly because of injuries. 
and I think that that's pretty difficult to argue with. But Shanahan, I do think, will come up with a solid game plan for the Rams. I think he will be able to set something up. They lost the first meeting with the Rams by eight, so the game was very close, and unfortunately did not work out for the 49ers, but the game ended up totaling just 40 points. So now the total being at 45 definitely makes sense on why money has come in on the under. But if you look at how the Rams have performed at home as well, they have been huge unders for the sake of the uh, home field advantage. If you look at all their games, they played the Cowboys week one, they had 37 points uh, combined. Played the Giants, 26 points combined. Played the Bears, 34 points combined. Played Seattle, 39 points combined. Every game's gone under, and they have yet to have a home game so far this season that has reached 40 points, which is absolutely crazy to think about, but that's been the case. So it's mostly those two factors. They expect a lower-scoring game. I agree with them. I do think that San Francisco should be able to run the ball a little bit better, especially with them getting healthier in the backfield. So I do think that they're going to try to run a ball-control offense. I'm not a Mullins guy at all. Samuel might provide a bit of a spark, but I just don't think that he's a quality starting quarterback, and I do think that he will struggle against the likes of Aaron Donald, etc. Especially now that Trent Williams, the offensive lineman for the 49ers, has COVID. So they will be down one of their best offensive linemen, which is very concerning for this matchup. So that is definitely something to keep in mind. But looking at the breakdown for the Rams, I also don't like the spot for the Rams. Now, you can make the argument saying, well, the Rams have played well. They beat the Buccaneers on Monday night. They're cooking. They definitely are. I can't argue that. The one issue that I do have is the fact that they are coming into this game off of a short week because they ended up having to play on Monday night. And if you look at the upcoming schedule, they have a matchup on the road against the Cardinals the week after. So it's a definite look-ahead spot, especially with where the 49ers are located and how they performed lately. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Rams come out flat. You might start wondering why they look like they're in quicksand, what's going on there. I think the offense will look sluggish and the defense will look good. I do think this will be a lower-scoring game. But I expect the 49ers to hang around. The Rams know that if they are going to win the division, they need to win these games against Arizona. They need to win these games against Seattle. And the 49ers, even though... Uh, are the defending runner-ups for the Super Bowl. In reality, I don't want to say teams are looking past them, but they're definitely in danger of doing so because the 49ers have looked so poor over the last month or so. So I expect the Rams to have a little bit of a look-ahead spot here as the matchup against the Cardinals on the road uh, the week after and Week 13 should be pretty intense. But looking at the actual breakdown, I'm going to stop beating around the bush a little bit. For this one, I like the under which is available at 45, and I also like the 49ers plus the points at plus 6.5, mostly because of the fact that I think the Rams are going to be looking ahead and they're going to come out flat, and I think the 49ers off the bye should have a very nice game plan in store that should work for at least the first half before you end up seeing some adjustments being made by McVay, etc. at halftime. So for me, I think that this game should end somewhere in the realm of 23-20, and this game's going to be lower scoring, but I think this game's going to be very close. I do think the 49ers will eventually come up short, but I do think that they will be able to at least hang around for a full 60 minutes before losing a pretty close road game. So for that reason, my two thoughts on this matchup, once again, are going to be on the 49ers plus the points, as well as the under. That's been Stallman Scott's selection. Uh, that's been Stallman, sorry, of... That's my other show. My bad. This has been this installment of the Ben and Barry Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, and I want to wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope all of you enjoyed the football on today's card. I hope all of you have a very nice weekend, and hopefully we're able to cash some tickets together on the 49ers. Good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.